Sorry? I was just saying like this, it's summertime. It's usually pretty quiet. I know, but I kind of was like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because with all E3 just like exploding and like, you know, just taking over the world for like a week and a half. Now everything's just quiet and there's no like huge movies coming out. There's everything that's big is already like been announced. Man, it's like Friday. So like movies are coming out. It's just like nothing new is like happening right now. So I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's just like, boo. I want to see some like stuff. (laughs) I don't know. Like, how do you, how else do you describe it? I want to see some stuff. Yeah, it's always nice to have like the new stuff coming up, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I I mean I guess we could we could preamble some more, but that's fifty two seconds of preamble. I'm just kidding. I don't know how long it was. Oh my god. <laughs> Hello. Welcome everybody we to Dance Robot Dance, episode one hundred and three. We are but two of us today. Only two. Gonna be a two hander. What was the last time we did a two hander, Mark? Uh, me and Tim did one not too too long ago. But the last time you and I did one was yeah, a was... long time ago. I'd have to actually look at the episode list to see when the last time you and I did an episode. Just yeah, the two of I us. I like can't. I know it happened like once. Isn't that a song? Just the two we of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Yeah. You and I. Well, t- uh, Tim and I did solo together at episode yeah, ninety. So that wasn't so. That wasn't very long. No. But there, the last time you and I did one together was like forever ago. Forever. But yeah, so if you didn't get it from that, um, Mark and I are here. Say hi, Mark. Hi, everybody. And I'll be your host this evening. It is I, Christy, returned from... Well, I, did, I was here last week. Why am I saying returned? I was here. You were, you were here last week, yeah. It's not like we have to do another like Christy explanation for why she's been disappeared on us again. This Christy is just here again. I'm just a disappearer. That's how I do and how I be. Well, it's, it's, this is your turn to take pot shots at Tim for ditching out. I on know. Us. God, like, what's he doing? Or traveling? Working. Ugh. Dear God, running a paycheck so I he can know. pay his mortgage. Why would you want to do that? Ugh, God, ugh. But I'm genuinely jealous he gets to travel for work. I know that, like, people who travel a lot get like, exhausted by it. But the fact yeah. that he gets to go to freaking, like, Brit- like England? That's so I think cool. It's in Ireland, which is still oh, is cool. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Ireland. That's where his head office is. I should know that. You probably should. I'm, I'm probably wrong too. He's going to listen to this and be like, "Hey, fuck faces! Like neither of you were <laughs> right. What's wrong you, with you? Why don't you listen to me? I'm a valuable person, part of this team in person." Exactly. He'll be like, uh, "Yeah, Tim, for sure." No, actually, Tim is extremely valuable. He takes all of our ideas, and he's like a good balance between you and I so that we don't rip each other's throats out. Hey, what are you talking about? We get along just fine. Well, you know, it's you're right. It's not us ripping each other's throats out. It's you hacking and slashing at my ego until I cry. But it's good. It's it necessary. Is, it is occasionally <laughs> necessary. Sometimes you have to be put in your place, and I have to be put in my place. Sometimes I'm totally fine with that. Wait a, wait a second. We should be ripping on Tim. Yeah, why are this we ripping on Tim? This is what you guys do when I'm not here. This is what you do Let's rip on Tim. Then. I'm fine with that. Let's rip on Tim. Yo, yeah, fuck Tim. <laughs> no, that guy. He's so cool. He's taking us to Atlanta. He is. He is paying for us to go to Atlanta. So like, we should probably what? be much nicer to him than we're being right now. Yes. I genuinely didn't. Like, what's the worst thing we've said? Oh, damn that guy for having a cool life. Yeah. <laughs> Damn yeah. him for being the glue of this group. I'm just kidding. We're all the glue. What was I going to say? Yeah, that, that, I can't believe. Yeah, I don't know. 
like the fact that he's taking us to Atlanta, like that, I, I thought he was just drunk. I was like, this isn't really happening. And that's totally what I said on the episode when we talked about it. I was like, yeah. I, I thought he was fucking plastered and forget about it. Actually, what I thought was that Alicia was going to come in the next day and be like, what the fuck are you spending a thousand dollars to get those two fucking idiots down here for? I know. Why would you do that? What the fuck's wrong with you? Cancel all this shit. Cancel it. Cancel it now. Cancel it now, fool. Yeah. Yeah, What's uh, wrong with you? Yeah, there's nothing. He's been, he's, Tim's been posting stuff to our Facebook wall in spite of the fact that uh, he's not, you know, on the same continent as us because he posted something earlier. That's just because that's how he do. He's like, he is our main Facebooker. Yeah, I hate Facebook. So I try to, I just post the, the episode stuff and get out of the way. Legally, I can't say that I hate any social media because it's my job. Yeah, that's true, right? Yeah. See, I'm on the other side of that shelf. I fucking hate all of it, but I have all of it. So I'm a hypocrite. This is where I'm a hypocrite. You know what, though? I feel like it's hard not to hate on social media nowadays just because like, it's so prevalent and obsessive in our lives. Yeah. Um, Like, there's there's just no way for you to like avoid it and not feel like it's presence. So I feel like it's kind of like it's, I don't know. It's like the big brother of it all. You're like, ah, I can't not use it, but I don't want to use it. Cause damn the man. Yeah. Also like when we use it to like promote our podcast and yeah. stuff like that, it is kind of useful for certain things. So and it has supplied me with a full-time gig at a really cool job. So like there's that also. Yeah. Yeah. Complain. No, you really shouldn't, actually. No, no, I... I... It is paying your paycheck right now, so kind of. It's different, though, when, like, you're doing it for work because you actually, you get something out of it. It's not personal, so, like, you can still sort of enjoy what it does. Like, I like seeing the community get to know about what's going on in the gallery, and I like that the community engages, and I get to be the voice of that. But when I'm doing it for myself, I just don't, like... I can distance myself from like comments and things like that. I just can't handle yeah. I, like when it's my own personal stuff. I'm like, I don't, don't give me your opinions. <laughs> like, I'm not here. I just want you to validate me. Don't <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the most Christy possible thing yeah. to say. <laughs> just so, validate yeah, me. <laughs> don't, don't tell me that you don't like it. I just want you to tell me that you do. And I don't know. Like for the, <laughs> for the most part, like our little community on the Dance Robot Dance page has been really cool so far. Oh, yeah, We've got rad. a little bit of activity on the other podcast stuff. So like it's it's been nice to have like some people actually talking about what we're talking about and like responding to us. So I, I like that part of it. Mm-hmm. But how have uh, the interactions been on Side A Side B, which is Mark's other podcast that you should listen to. It's all about music and cool stuff because, you know, from listening to Dance Robot Dance or not listening, but let's let's pretend you have. That Mark is a particularly music is the like music aficionado of the uh, group. Yeah, because you and Tim like you have similar enough interests, but I feel like Tim actually has more in line with my interests. Yeah, you and Tim have probably have more in common overall. Tim and I hit certain spots that are the same, but not like mm-hmm. like we both like comics, but he's a DC guy and I'm a Marvel and like weird independent guy, so like that kind of mm-hmm. thing. He likes popular, much happier music than I do, which like all my music is super dour and like massively depressing and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, so we like, we like the same things, just that like what we like about those same things is very different. So in that case, yeah, you guys definitely probably line up a little bit more one to one. We just also have like, we're exactly the same age. So like our shared experiences are much faster than yours and ours would be. So Mm -hmm. Which gives you that lovely millennial perspective on everything that we talk about on the show. So millennial perspective. 
Actually, before I forget, I was just thinking about artists that I'd want to mention for the next artist um, episode because I really like that one. It like helped me in my millennialism that I don't always listen to records all the way through. But um, Janelle Monet, I feel like, is just killing it right now. Okay. Have you not? Is that the playlist person? The who? Isn't that the person who puts the playlist together on Spotify that everybody loves? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know what that means. No, she she was in Hidden Figures, and she released that song that she'd worked on with Prince. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Sorry. I had, there's Somebody sent me a playlist that was something about money or Monet or something like that, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, is this something I should be looking at? Because like, I don't really do Spotify playlists. I just like listen to my stuff kind of thing. Yeah, because you can curate your own shit. Yeah, I curate my own stuff for the most part. I always have. But yeah, no, I'll, uh, you should send that to me. I'll take a listen to oh, it. Oh, she's so cool. Anyone listening, if you're looking for just like a little... I feel like that's something we could add to the podcast. Let us know what you think, listeners. But what if we did a little I recommend this this week? Yeah, no, it sounds like fun. I could like, totally do that. I actually have... If I mean, if, if we're going to do it, like, if that is that your recommendation? <laughs> yeah, I just think it'd be... I mean, like, wouldn't that be fun if like once a week we're just like, this is what I'm listening to this week or this is what I'm playing this week and this is what I... Because yeah. I know with Geek of the Week we do it, but like we don't necessarily leave with a recommendation i think it'd be a cool way to end the episode because we always kind of do our like weird little ending and we're like well goodbye i think people would miss you singing for half an hour when we're trying to end the episode (laughs) if we did that though i'm not saying we just cut it out completely i'm saying that that's like our thing we do just before we do the well we're done see now you have to remember (laughs) to do it going forward like that's your new edict like you have to remember to do that the same way tim like beat us into remembering the do geek of the week because that was his idea oh right most of the stuff that happens on the show is actually tim's idea usually i just edit it and you know post it and do all that kind of stuff i'm the tech i'm tech the idea guy the ideas come from the other guys for the most part so yeah that's true but yeah, no, okay. Well, well. Uh, oh, I thought you froze for a second because you were so still. No, <laughs> I, I just. Like, oh no. <laughs> I'm just. I'm like that. That's what happens. So. You're just so I, chill, so chill. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, guys, we're just gonna cut to it because it's just Mark and I. You know, uh, we were gonna do news, but there's not a ton out there. Uh, correct us if we're wrong. By the time this comes out, if there's like some huge thing, um, I'll take the the cred for that. But. When we were looking through, there wasn't a, wasn't a ton of news. So I think I think we're going to skip news this week. Yeah, sounds fine to me. I'm, I'm cool with we're, skipping news. Let's skip it. Because we've already been talking to you now for a little bit. And I feel like we give you our personal news. So that's enough. Um, and we're just going to jump right into... This feels so wrong without Tim. Geek of the week. And then he has some like fun thing that we're talking about. Like, PlayStation. No, that's me. That's the meat. Of the week. Yeah, you'll yeah. have to do that later. Yeah, I got to think about it. I got to think about it. I almost spoiled. There was some spoilage there. So let's, uh, since it's, you know, just Mark and I, Mark, why don't you start us off with what was the geekiest thing you did? This week? Um, well, this feels weird, too, because Tim's not here. But like Tim had me, uh, Tim got me started reading Tom King's run on Batman a couple of weeks ago. He'd been mentioning it on the, the podcast. And as a Batman fan, I was curious because I just finished reading Scott Snyder's run. And I'm always looking for new Batman stories that are decent. So I, I hopped in and started reading Tom King's thing. I just caught up to it this weekend and then like the one thing that i saw in the news that was like kind of interesting was that the new york times had spoiled the 50th issue which ships tomorrow which is the will be july 4th like we're recording early this week thankfully Mm -hmm. so yeah like that that issue ships tomorrow but they posted this news story yesterday that spoils the issue yesterday on monday so on i guess 
well, it's not Canada Day, but it was the holiday that we had after Canada Day up here. And yeah, the whole fucking internet went berserk because everybody was like, well, now we've just been sitting here reading this book for 50 issues and the fucking newspaper in New York spoiled the entire internet with it. So thanks, yeah. guys. Like, that's no. amazing. But uh, I mean, like, if, if you want to recommend stuff, like if you are a Batman fan, like Tom King's run has been pretty cool. There's been some like uneven stuff here and there that I'm not super keen on. But for the most part, the overall like storytelling has been very good. And like, I don't know where fucking DC suddenly finding these artists, but they're all like second to none amazingly talented like sequential pencilers it's pretty impressive that they even like the backup guys that they get have been really good illustrators so mm-hmm. it's been kind of fun but yeah they the uh, the wedding issue is supposed to ship on july 4th it i i always will read it even though i know what happens in it yeah. but i did i did catch up i read about 50 issues of that the past week along with some other stuff that Tim had recommended to me but that was the big thing like I wanted to get into the new Batman stuff so I did and I've been enjoying it so uh, hopefully the issue 50 with all the, the crazy art teams that are doing pages and like all that other stuff it all turns out at least worth looking at at the very least now that I know what the story is mm-hmm. so kind of bumps me out but that was my big thing I think this week yeah no that's I just uh, that's a big thing and it's such a sh- I personally like looking for my own spoilers. I yeah, like if I wanted to know what was going to happen. I'll go yeah. look for it. Like I go, I, I spoil myself for movies all the time because I don't really care. Like I just want to know. But like in this case, I was like kind of holding out because like two big series kind of like cap off. So Batman Fifty was supposed to hit tomorrow, as well as the sixth issue of Brian Michael Bendis's new Superman relaunch, The Man of Steel. And I was like, I downloaded the five issues and was going to read them this weekend. And so I was like, just wait for the sixth one, read them all at once the way you like to, because I'm a trade waiter. And he was like, I was like, yeah, you're probably right. So thankfully that one hasn't been spoiled for me. But then I was looking at reviews of it and people were like, I hate this. It's dog shit. And I was like, well, fuck. All right, I guess whatever. I'm going to read it anyway. Cause I want to see what Bendis does at DC, but yeah. Whew, strange. So, but yeah, no, what? Oh, you know what I didn't what? talk about? Totally didn't talk about. I went, I had the weirdest day last Thursday. So I don't know if I told you guys this or what not. What happened? So last Thursday was my one week. Like I just started my new job. So it was one week from that day. They took us on a team building activity. We went dragon boating. So I had to go row for two hours on Thursday. You had to row? I, yeah, I was in a, in a kayak with 14 of my coworkers rowing a boat uh, as a team building exercise. So I nearly fell in because I got like, I let the girl who was sitting next to me get in. I was holding the boat. And when I got up to get in, nobody was holding the boat. So the boat just kind of started to drift away. And I was like, I'm going in. I didn't fall in. I kind of like fell back on the dock kind of thing, whatever. But yes, yeah, so I was on the thing for two hours, like on the water for two hours rowing. And then I got off, got in my car, drove down to St. Catharines to see a Matthew Good concert, which on the advertising said, I think it's a doors or show starts at eight. So I was like, oh, perfect. Show starts at eight. Matt will go on at nine. I'll be home by 11 or I'll be out by 11 and I can go back to, I can come back up to the GTA and go to sleep and have my nice short drive. Well, that's not what happened. I got up there at quarter to nine. The line was still around the building. What? I didn't get into the building for another hour. And then the opening band played 45 minutes after I got oh in. God. So Matt didn't go on stage till 11 o'clock. Now it's also this week, which has been ridiculously hot in Canada. It's been about f- somewhere in like the 35 to 40 degrees with Humidex kind of thing. So the tiny, not air conditioned club that Matt was playing in also turned into a giant sweat box. So I've been, I went rowing, 
I did like a two hour drive to get down to Niagara. And then I stood around for five hours in sweltering heat to watch a Matthew Good show. Oh God. Needless to say, I did not drive up to the GTA again the next day. Cause I had to go to work the next day. Cause it was like my, like my, I guess seventh day in the office or something like that or whatever. Um, so I had to go in. So I stayed at my parents' house, slept for three hours or something like that, got up <laughs> and then drove back up to Burlington or Oakville, I guess, to go to the, go to my office. It was a long fucking day. It was worth it. Cause Matt was awesome as he usually is. But I was like, if anybody follows me on Twitter uh, or Instagram or Facebook or anything like that, you saw my like just ripping I into did. that I moose and goose that. because fuck moose and goose. <laughs> the post was um, pretty funny. I hope that fucking place burns to the goddamn ground in the interim because holy shit, that was a just a nightmare. It was always been a garbage venue ever since it was front fifty four, but like fuck my life, I was so angry that night. I never, I didn't get any replies. They did not reply to me at all. I posted. Like I sent them like three DMs and there was like two or three tweets and like a couple Instagram posts that had like them tagged in it. And I was just like, go fuck yourselves. I hope you all die in a car fire. Like I was not having a good night, but <laughs> yeah, that was, that's my story. That's my, that's what happened to me this week. Actually. I don't think I actually told either of the guys that cause they were kind of off and away this weekend. So was I, so we haven't actually had a chance to talk about it, but that was, yeah, I was not having a good night. Thursday. Oh my God. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a long fucking day, like a long day. So and the next day, everybody was just like, oh, man, we, we're all tired from being on the. What did you do last night? I was like, I went to a concert that started at 11. I'm just too old for this shit now, I think. So <laughs> so that's my story. Sorry, I went, little little ramble, little rant. But fuck Moose and Goose. Matt, please never play there again. Horrifying. God, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> yeah. you've been to so many venues that like. You, I don't know. I'm usually like, like modern, the way things work now, like where everybody's like posting their set times on Twitter and like, it's so easy to, to navigate, like getting into shows and stuff like that. So when people like misrepresent like their show times or their door times or this, that, and the other thing, or they don't post them, it just drives me nuts now. Cause I'm so used to being spoiled by like, even the shittiest clubs in Toronto, like the horseshoe or like Lee's palace, like the tiniest little clubs will post set times for like the people you want to see. So it's like, Oh, like the last time I saw Matt was in, oh, I saw him in Caledon or something like that. Mm -hmm. And like even Caledon's like little weird music, like Caledon Day Festival where they had Matt playing, they still posted like, yeah, Matt goes on at 8.30. So I knew when to leave here and like get there on time and all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, this place, no, none of that. It's just like, yeah, show starts at eight, but that's when we're going to open the doors Uh, and have one person standing there with their cell phone scanning the fucking tickets. I was like, I fuck off St. Catharines, like never change. Like you're always going to be the same shitty, shitty fucking crap hole, crap hole, shitty, shitty crap hole. Yeah. But sorry, that's, that's my rant. <laughs> I get it though. Like, that's what I was saying. Like you've been to so many venues that you know what good like show etiquette is one and two, yeah. because you've been to so many that are like good, even though they're like either small or in a shitty location or whatever they make the best of what they do. So yeah. Yeah. There's nothing I hate more than a poorly run concert. You know what I mean? Like it's so easy to just like get people on, on time. I hope they made a fuck ton of money selling drinks. Cause that's the only reason I could see them doing that. Like, like just keeping everybody in the building at as like they may as well have just turned the ovens on. It was so fucking hot in there. It was crazy. Like they must've gone through like all the beer they had for that week. Cause whew, it was nuts in there. But but yeah, no, well, at least it's a story and you can be like, now I'll never go to a show that's worse than that, hopefully. 
I hope not. That's the thing. Like I've I've been to a million shows at that venue, and they they've always sucked. It was just one of those places. Like I think the first time I saw Matthew Good and the Tea Party were both at uh, it was from Fifty Four back oh. then. So because yeah. they were all in, in like in St. Catharines, like Thorold kind of area, so they were easy to get to. You just take the bus up there, kind of thing. So I totally forgot to. T- we would go to the- yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm interrupting you because I'm excited. I totally forgot to tell you. I found a picture of the Tea Party when they visited the AGH. Oh, really? That's amazing. Can you scan it and send it to me? I would like to see it. Yeah. They're in front of the Bruegelbosch bus. But, uh, they are pretentious bunch of dudes, especially Jeff, like main Jeff, not drum Jeff, the other Jeff. They, they're all into like the artsy, like weird stuff. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They'd show up at an art gallery. They were probably playing at the uh, the Center for the Art or um, First Ontario Center. Or uh, the Convention watch. Center next door. Yeah. Yeah. I've only ever seen them play at the theater. Uh, I've seen Matt at the convention center a couple times, but I've never seen the tea party there. But mm. possible. But yeah, you know what year it was? Uh twenty fifteen. I could be wrong. Yeah, edges. That was the edges of twilight twentieth anniversary tour. They played the Hamilton Place Theater. I was there. Yep. Yep. What is now first Ontario? That would make sense. Then I'll show you a picture. I think I took my mom to that show. Really? Actually. I was listening yeah. to them the other day and thought about you. I was just listening to my favorite and only really well-known song by them is uh, Winter Solstice. Yeah. You should uh, find a live version of Sister Awake where they will play Winter Solstice into Sister oh. Awake. It's like a nice seven-minute like thing. It's amazing. So. I'll, you know what? I'll just send it to you. And then yes, there you go. You can listen to that. It's pretty cool. That makes sense. That's how they close every show they play is Winter Solstice into Sister Awake. That tends to be like their primary closing. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Their guitar playing like takes me to a place. Just the one guy. It's just Jeff. The lead singer also plays lead guitar. Like he's a very, very talented musician. That guy. God. Yeah. They're just like, ugh, so good. There'll be uh, a new album, I think, in the fall, along with the tour. So if you want to go, they will be probably playing Hamilton. And I will probably be going to that show because that's what I do. That's how you do. That's who you be. That's how you do. Yeah. So I don't know why I'm saying that a lot tonight. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We got, we, got, like, we, got, we got some episode to fill. It's only two of us. So we can say whatever you want. But yeah, no, I, uh, there's, it's just like that style of guitar, acoustic guitar, when it's just like, two battling guitars almost that are just working so well together you just get lost yeah. it like takes you to a magical fairy tale place yeah yeah see that's the advantage to being like a rhythm section guy too is that you kind of you get you get that all the time with all the instruments you don't always have to just have like the dueling guitar thing you get like guitar versus bass or bass versus drums or like all that kind of different aspects that you can listen to it's i don't know I don't know. That's this that's what my instrument has done to me over the years. Like I, I I hear so much different like interplay between everybody now that I find like that's why I don't like sequenced music for the most part. I like that live interact like lock in between all the players and stuff. I find that to be the most fascinating thing about watching people play live and mm-hmm. stuff. So no, that makes that makes total sense because it's like I mean, sing, watching a person sing is like they are performing very much, but when you're watching a guitarist play. And you can focus on them. You yeah. realize how much of their body is involved, and like, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just, it's fascinating. Like, I ran into Matt for the show, like right after the show, and like he does not talk to people after shows, and for good reason because he came off. He was, he looked like he'd just come out of a pool, like he'd been yeah. thrown into a pool, and he could hardly breathe because he was in this like swelteringly hot venue, like singing at the top of his lungs for you know ninety minutes or whatever. So he like looked at me and like nodded and acknowledged my presence. 
but then just like, kept, like ah. but then just kept walking and i was like i totally understand but then like the, the actual band came out and like blake didn't look any better their drummer looked like he was ready to die about ready to pass out too i could only imagine playing drums in that heat would just fucking wipe you out so he, they were all very nice they were like oh hey how's it going man i'm like no it's fine just go grab a drink i'm on my way like we're all on our way out of here but you guys get on the bus and get the fuck out of here before anybody else comes out and like yeah like starts talking to you because fangirls yeah exactly so go take a shower while you're while you can you know get to your bus without too much trouble yeah i feel like yeah he probably like because he recognizes you and like you're you're there for the music and you're not always like obsessy about him well i'm totally obsessy about him it's just that i don't like i don't i don't really necessarily need to like have him in front of me like i don't need his attention by any stretch of the imagination i showed up to see the music and then i kind of if i say hi to him that's great if i don't whatever but like it's i'm just there because i like seeing him play so. but that's kind of my point is that you're like your obsession of obsessiveness is not equatable to like someone else who's loud obsessed you're like quite obsessed you're obsessed because you enjoy music. Yeah, it's like it's not an obsession that has anything to do with him as a person for the most part. Because like there's been some stuff that I probably like could have gone away from him as a fan. Like whatever, there's all kinds of weird stuff that has happened. But I just like his music and that's what I kind mm-hmm. of obsess over. So And that makes sense. Yeah. He's just like I, I need to listen to more Matthew Good. I've started to and like I do love him. He's like from what I've heard, he's just worth such so much more um, name power than he has. Yeah. Yeah, he should be much bigger than he actually is. But, you know, he he made his decision to not kind of like broach the US at one point. And I think he like he kind of made his bed and I think he's kind of cool with it. Like he's making it pretty comfortable living, I would assume doing like he tours regularly and his albums come out on yeah. every two year clip and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we've been talking about like my concert shit for twenty minutes now. Why don't we get yeah, into <laughs> your geek of the week, Christy? <laughs> so my geek of the week, I spent a lot of time if we're talking about video games, I spent a lot of time watching Mark play his new um ness classic because he got one motherfucker where did he get it i i gotta get one. i have to get Dude, one. they're all I over right now they have them at walmart are they check in at a walmart Shit, and just go, go get one tomorrow it's totally worth it okay, fair enough. they're awesome well i love my super like my i have the, yeah, the uh, snes yeah. classic and i fucking love it like it's great and like i saw that, that the nes was coming back out and i was just like god damn i gotta get one now like i yes. have to get one this time so i'll have to go look around yeah. I was waiting for like something online to like to hit a notification, but I guess they're not doing like they must not be putting them online. They're just dumping them in stores and letting people buy them. So well, that's why I think you'll be you'll be more like in luck to try it to try and get it now. But uh, I've been watching him. He beat Link, uh, Legends of Zelda. No, the first the first two. He is. Uh, well, would have been Legend of Zelda, which is the first one, and then the second one is uh, Legend of Zelda Two. Uh, Adventures of the Link. Link. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like powerhouse through those. So that's what we did when we were away for the weekend. Nice. But while he was doing that, I actually, my geek of the week was that I started reading this book. My dad had told me to read and I just like ate it. And it's like, it's been, I ate the book. <laughs> Side note, I'm watching Mark, my Mark play God of War four. And he's just left his son like in this room of monsters while he stands in a corner, like this bad parenting. Uh Kratos is bad dad. <gasps> okay, yeah. You see, Best Buy available at nearby stores. I can go to the store near. I'll, I'll go get it tomorrow. Yeah, get it. It's it's super good, and the graphics unbelievable. But uh, I've particularly enjoyed Kirby, but um, I'd never played Kirby before. Really? Anyway, this, Actually, yeah. I never really. I never had for, those. Right. Uh, the first one was for Game Boy. I remember Paul and I had it, so we mm-hmm. we, we spent some. I spent some time with it. But. Well, I just never. 
had an S or an NES or a, an SNES. I always wanted them, but I never had them. So now I do. Yeah, um, well, I guess age group, like it's kind Mark. of, it's a little different. Like we, that's what we had. Yeah. Like that's all we had. So we grew up with that stuff. Yeah. And you know, my magic PlayStation story. So like, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, spoiler warning. But yeah, so I, it, this book is called The 13th Tale. And why it, it was one of those books that like you start reading and it's a mystery, but it's also, mystery isn't the proper way to define it. It's just a really, really good read. And it was, oh God, it's about this like woman who just loves books, but like she is the half of a twin who died at birth. And like, she didn't know she had a twin, but like growing up, she felt this emptiness. And then she found all evidence of her dead sister when she was playing hide and seek one time and found it in a tin underneath her bed. And then she's like called to this, to the bedside of the most famous and mysterious writer of all time, whose name is Vita Winter who suddenly wants her to write her autobiography and she or her biography and she's been a recluse for years and years and years and years and anytime a reporter comes to ask her her story she lies and tells them an actual story and then now she's been approached and she goes to the house to meet this woman and it ends up that her story is extraordinarily dark and the reason she didn't want to share it and was because she didn't want to share it until she was about to die. And so she's like, she's on the brink of death and you see like you, as you're reading, you see her getting more and more frail, the deeper she gets into the story because it's taking so much more of her energy to finally tell the truth. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. That sounds cool. What's it called? It is cool. It's called the 13th tale. And it uses like it makes you it's one of those books that like makes you feel smarter for having read it. Okay. Like I really enjoyed it. It kept me like like gnawing at the chom- chomping at the bit the whole time. So I just couldn't put it down. What's who's the author? Oh, I don't let me look at it. You got really You got You're going to you can't talk about the book and not tell the people the author specifically this people like I want to know so I can read it if I want to read it. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I should have looked it up while we were talking. Um, Diane Setterfield. I don't know why it's only got a 4.5 or a 4 out of 5 on Goodreads. It's got a 4.5 out of 5 on Audible. 94% of people like this book. It won a bunch of awards. It's really riveting. And I don't know about you. uh, I'll take a look. I'll read it. Most novels I can usually get through in like a day. So I just found that um, I don't know about you and our listeners, but when I'm like in video game mode, I forget about books. And then I like go back and I open a book up and I'm like, oh, hello, old friends. I forgot about you. Yeah. No, I'm totally having that moment with comics right now, like where I, I haven't been actively reading anything for a while, just kind of like keeping up with the news. I kind of know what's going on, but like I'm not reading anything actively until Tim had been talking about the Tom King Batman stuff. So I was like, fuck, fine. So I sat down and started reading and I was like, oh, well, now I'm curious about this character or what's going on with Nightwing or this, that, and the other thing. So I'm kind of like into like looking at all the DC stuff and just kind of picking and choosing stuff. And I've just been enjoying just like quietly sitting around and like just reading comics like at, you know, because I'll read fucking 10 issues in 10 minutes or something like that. Like, normally it's not that fast, but it's pretty quick. Like I speed through them pretty fast. And yeah, it's been, it is, it's, it's exactly the same kind of thing. It's like, oh man, why don't I, I should really spend more time doing this kind of stuff. But it's like, fuck man, it's hard to find you know, like an hour or two to just kind of sit there quietly and like, I know. Read, and you so. feel like you have to do things or like you should be doing something else. Yeah. There's always a podcast to edit or something. So yeah. Side note, I found out that there was a BBC 
film adaptation in 2013 with none other than Sophie Turner of Game of Thrones and Vanessa Redgrave. She'd have been like 12 when that came out. Which makes sense for the part that she would be playing. Oh, so cool. Don't look it up, though. Don't look up the BBC thing, because I think the titles on the side will give away um, things about the film. Nice. But yeah, no, it was ugh, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. But anyway, so that's my Geek of the Week. It's just getting back into reading. And now I just want to pick up like a shit ton of books and just like eat them up. Because I, I am like a vigorous reader once I get back into it. A voracious yeah. reader. Yeah, I'm the same way. I just got I have to be in when I'm into it. I I'm like nonstop. It's just I got to get into it, which is problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, okay, well then, I think it's about time that we move on to the meat of the episode. PlayStation meat. I have nothing good. What do you say about meat with a PlayStation? Uh, well, you should, probably shouldn't have a meat, meat around a PlayStation, no. unless it's like Super Meat Boy. Ooh, which, I mean, but that's not a PlayStation. That came over Xbox no. first. No. So. Oh, I just gave away what we're talking about. Listeners, we're going to be talking about our favorite PlayStation exclusive games. We've done a bunch of like, you know, what are our favorite games and blah, blah, blah. But Tim is not a console guy. So we thought this would be a good one to do while he is away. Because I don't know about you guys. I still think that Xbox has like a good amount of exclusive content, but none of it is like as I don't think it's as well known as PlayStation's exclusive content no. because Sony just like kills it. The only place who's got like first party stuff, like exclusive stuff that like comes close to Sony's lineup is Nintendo, right? Like Nintendo's got that yeah. lineup of like iconic legendary uh, game franchises, which I mean, Sony doesn't have the legacy that Nintendo does, but they have racked themselves up a number of franchises that are or were exclusive to their consoles that are. Yeah fucking spectacular so even if a lot of them are now multi-platform kind of things like a lot of them started as like ps1 or ps2 exclusives that were just like that's it you can only get them here and they fucking crushed that kind of work for a long time and they're still doing it to this day like playstation 4's exclusive list is like just kind of staggering compared to what the xbox one is kind of packing so yeah it's true and it's just like i think for me personally it's the caliber gameplay that you get when you're doing something like a sony exclusive because they're just i don't really know how else to describe it except that they're they're just like storytelling graphics and everything it's an immersive experience unlike other ones yeah uh i mean there's xbox exclusives that i've really enjoyed i can't think of any off the top of me like i love those halo games and gears games and stuff like that there is a difference in style like the storytelling style between even like the difference between like Halo, which is a giant Xbox exclusive first person shooter and like a kill zone or a resistance on the PlayStation side that are just really mm-hmm. way different kinds of styles of games and stuff like that. But they're very different. Like they're they're their own thing. even if they do fall inside the same genre and like I like kill zone just as much as I like Halo and like I still think resistance yeah. is one of like the best games I've ever played. So see, I was just I was never an Xbox girl because I yeah. I found that I, I really enjoyed... I wasn't a big first-person shooter, and that was huge on the Xbox. That was their niche for exclusive content. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah, well, they, they, did a, they did a good job in the 360 era, excuse me, of kind of locking down a lot of franchises that have since kind of moved back over to kind of mm-hmm. PlayStation. It's all depending on who's got the most install base, right? Like, in the 360 generation, like, at first, it was very much like Microsoft had the lead, and then Sony kind of 
stumbled their way to catch up at the end of that generation. But like when the PS4 hit and like was that much cheaper and just like sold like gangbusters, like there's 80 million plus of those Mm -hmm. units in the wild. And I don't even think there's 40 million Xbox ones out there, like purchase kind of thing. That's an install base that you can't argue with kind of thing. Like that's a huge install base that you don't see that often. Like they're, they're on track to hit a hundred million, which like I think three or four other consoles in history have ever hit. So they Sony's fucking crushing it this yeah. generation. Even if there is some controversy like now about Fortnite and like locking accounts and that kind of shit. Like they've got an exclusive lineup that is second to none and like Microsoft, like they've pretty much like admitted defeat this generation. They're like, Yeah, really we're fucked. Like we can't catch up now. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, like that's that's pretty much what that E3 conference was. It was like, listen, we're gonna put our services way at the top of our list of priorities, and then like we're gonna come out firing with that net ex- next Xbox and like that mm-hmm. hopefully you guys all follow us over kind of thing like i like i like my xbox like i have no problem with it i just wish it had more exclusive games like it's not really worth having when the only thing that's coming out for are like halo and gears games like every three years and then everything else is getting cross-released on the playstation the only real reason now to like pick the one over the other is if you have an x like the the new xbox one x just for the 4k like the output on that thing is crazy like it's such a powerful console compared to the regular PlayStation, even the PlayStation Pro, like the PS4 Pro. But that's the thing is that like people will give up a bit of graphics for a better game experience. I don't know if it's necessarily a better game experience, but like people will give up a better graphical experience if it also means that they get to play Horizon Zero Dawn and God of War, right? So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if it's a if it if the game is beautiful but lacks substance, yeah. it doesn't matter if you have 4K or not. People aren't going to play it. Yeah. Yeah, but it has substance and it still looks kind of crappy. That's why we enjoy our vintage games partially, yep. because gameplay, man, gameplay is king. It's gameplay, yeah, gameplay is always king. I know. I was just, uh, I was looking at those like that NES classic that we were just talking about, and I was watching a couple of let's plays of people like a couple of really good speedrunners playing through those old Mega Man games, and I was just like, man, those were fun hard, but. Like that was a, that's a yeah. different style of game you don't see much anymore unless they do like a Mega Man like a new one like Eleven's coming out uh, in the fall. Mm-hmm. Actually, Mark did a speed run of that the other day and he was like, "Just done it yeah. like half an hour." Yeah, the guys, the guys who can play it like super fast can like rip through that game like like a hot knife through butter. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. The games, those games are so hard. But if you know the game, yes. then like it doesn't matter. Like you just cut through it. I lack the patience for old school gaming mm. because I didn't grow up with it. I used, I used to love it. I grew up when they started to make them easy for yeah. everybody. Like, not easy, but, like, there were fail-safes constantly everywhere before they, like, went back and tried to make them harder yeah. again. I used to, I used to like, I kind of hated it back in the day, but, like, you get good because of those playing those games. So, like, I do have some skills Hell in, yeah. like, old school gaming kind of stuff. Like, I, I can still rip through a Mario in, like, a relatively short period of time just because I... They always mm-hmm. kind of play a little bit the same, and it's it's pretty easy to get pick up and play those kinds of things. I don't think I'll ever beat Mario ever. That's disappointing because it means we'll never get to do an episode like exclusively about Mario. Because I don't think Tim's a big Mario. We guy. can, I get it. I'll do it with Paul at some point. Paul and I are big Mario guys. Sorry, but yeah. Speaking of big gamers, though, we should get into this. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's start. We're just gonna go through our list. We have five that we're gonna talk about since just the two of us, and I say we go. Five, four, three, two, and then mention your honorable mention if you have one or two honorable mentions. I have a, I have a, I have a, a good chunk of them. See, my problem is that like a lot of the stuff that like I consider a PlayStation exclusive technically isn't a PlayStation exclusive anymore, but they were 
like at the time kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I am pulling some technicalities on a couple of these just because like okay. in the PS1 era, like Metal Gear was an exclusive to the PlayStation. Yeah, that's fair. That's or fair. Like Resident Evil, you know what I mean? Like those were exclusives to PlayStation 1 for a They're definitely time. not now. Oh, no, not now. Absolutely not. Like, there's tons of games that I discovered on PlayStation that are not exclusive anymore. But, like, I think it's nice to not just talk about, like, Sony games, like, just what Sony's first party makes. I think it's kind of cool that, like, Sony's been really good about networking with those third parties and getting exclusives over the course of, like, their life cycle of their, especially the early, the first two PlayStations they had. Metal Gear, Resident Evil, uh, Symphony of the Night were all like exclusive games that are, they, they all got ported eventually to other systems. But at mm-hmm. first, they were like, you could only get them on Sony's console, which is kind of a big deal. Well, I was, when I was looking up, I mean, of course, I was going to try and put, you know, like Legend of Dragoon up there, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a Sony PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. It exactly. was out on PC. Yeah. So I can't, like, even though I'd love to have it on my list. So I'm sure the listeners don't need to hear me talk about Dragoon again. I don't need to listen to you talk about Dragoon again. So thank you. You're lucky (laughs) when you get to hear me talk about Dragoon. It's a solid piece of gameplay and storytelling. Mm. But I will will let that slide if that it was originally exclusive. Because that's why Mass Effect can't be on mine. Because even though it's on PlayStation, it was actually originally an Xbox game. It was. That was the, uh, the 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 version I played the first time I tried Mass Effect was for 360. Mm-hmm. It was only available for 360. It was only available for 360. So that yeah. does not have a place. But that's why I like doing it by um by console and by service. Sorry, excuse me. <sighs> but by console and by service because I feel like your list will have a couple of the ones that you love that you don't need to dote upon because we already have. But it also yeah. opens it up to a, like the cooler, more niche stuff you might not always um, consider. Yep. Yeah. So why don't we start with number five, Mark? What's number five on your list of your top five? Number five for Sony exclusive stuff, Infamous. I'm not sure exactly which game, but the Infamous series in general, probably two uh, on the PlayStation 3, I believe it was, was the one that I spent the most time with. If you don't know what Infamous is, it's it's very much Sony's like original superhero open world kind of franchise. And you they 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 play with that. There's an RPG element to them where they you can either become like the super like paragon kind of like good guy superhero, mm-hmm. or you can become like kind of a gritty anti-hero kind of guy. And like your powers tend to skew more defensive or offensive, depending on like which kind of alignment you try and hedge towards. Yep. Uh, obviously my playthroughs tend to hedge into like anti-hero kind of side of things. So I get those cool, like lightning blast attacks and like the fast, like the travel hurts people and that kind of stuff. But of course, you would be a dick. <laughs> of course, why would I not be? It's like my GTA, like which I guess you could talk. We could almost talk about GTA because it was an exclusive for a long time until the the trilogy got ported over to uh, the original Xbox. But because yeah. I think it was three three San oh god three Vice City and San Andreas all came out on the PlayStation Two exclusively before they got yep. ported. But no, the infamous games were like they were the first like big superhero game because they predate also predate the arkham games. so like they were the first time that on a console i got the experience of being a superhero and it didn't suck just yeah sweaty ass because superhero games like licensed superhero games especially have been notoriously like really shitty for up until i guess almost until the arkham games was pretty much the first time we really got like a a really actually good video game not just like oh, it's playable kind of thing. Like there were some Batman games back in the 16-bit era where it's like, 
yeah, we got a Batman game and it's okay. I'm like, yeah, but it's it, it was like, I mean, good it's not because great. of it like being a, like, Batman that you could horrible. be Batman. It wasn't a good game. It was the fact that you could get lost in being Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So Infamous and actually Infamous has a pretty big like there's a lot of influence you can see that went from Infamous into those Arkham games like the the open kind of world and like all the, the mobility features that Batman has are kind of like Cole has them a lot in the Infamous games and stuff like that. Like he he can grind electricity across wires and that kind of thing as he's moving around the city and stuff. So they, it's kind of like the way they trick that Batman having that glide function in the Arkham games is, mm-hmm. is, is that kind of thing. He has kind of like an electric grind tool that lets him move around the cities really fast on the power wires and stuff. They're just fun games. Like there's huge open worlds. You can do a ton of stuff. There's massive boss fights that are a lot of fun to play. You could, you could play them twice if you really want to like play it as the good guy or the bad guy. I don't usually have time for that kind of thing. I just want to get in there and wipe out as many people as possible and get those horrifyingly big powers that can, you know, do a lot of damage to guys and stuff like that. It makes the bosses a little bit harder because their defense is a little bit better and you don't have any counters to it. You just got to kind of brute force them down, but it's kind of fun when you do get a chance to like engage that power and like brute force them down. Well, so, that was, you feel really badass. Yeah, so. that was one thing that Infamous did well. Its story was never like amazing. No, it was like it was a like comic book cookie cutter one on one. Yeah, but, but it did what it needed to do. Yeah, they definitely made you feel like what you were doing had an effect, and that yeah. you know the choice that you made was impactful. And I think that's what makes a good a good game. Yeah, and Infamous was you like you you said it yourself. It was um, original in that. You know, you could be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like Which it was, was one of, for me it was fun. It was one of the first games besides I'd say Mass Effect where you could totally embrace being a badass, like negative choice maker. And mm-hmm. I think that that really like that got a whole different. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. I'm watching Mark. He's gaming so hard right now. He has this face that he makes when he's like, and his foot tenses up really hard and he'll breathe. He's like, what is he playing? It's so funny. God of War 4. Oh, nice. I got to get back. to. I haven't touched it yet. I got to get back to it. He's been playing. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it because I actually don't know any of the story. I just see like bits of him playing. You played the old ones though, right? Yeah. Okay. They're on my list. Yeah. It's my (laughs) Very high on my list actually. Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, and I, I, you know what? It was just infamous. I actually, I didn't really play the first few because I was a little bit, it was like just, just before I was really interested in that kind of play. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they first came out and I was kind of like, meh, but I was more about, you know, like Red Dead Redemption. Not a PlayStation exclusive. So. Not a PlayStation exclusive. Isn't on my list because it's not a PlayStation exclusive. But anyway, yeah, I... I really liked Second Son, though I never finished it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Second Son and Dying Light, the two for PS4, yeah. were both like really like they're very early games in the generation, but they're really well put together. Yeah. The 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 team that put those games together, like they had they had it fucking down. Um, yeah. I keep hoping they'll get a chance to do something else in the same vein. I don't know what they're working on now. They up. haven't done. Yeah, I should. I don't remember who the the dev team is now. But yeah, I think that's a good pull. Infamous is definitely one of the more well-known exclusives. Sucker Punch, uh, they're go- they're Sucker Punch. Their next game is that Ghost of Tsushima game oh, that's coming out next year. That samurai game, yeah. Huh. Yeah, actually, they got look like even the 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 Metacritic for uh, the Infamous games. Like they're all 86, 84, 80, 80, 75 for like that spinoff, the first light spinoff mm. that came out. So they're well-regarded yeah. games. 
But yeah, no, I, I, I like those. What about you, Christy? What's your what's your number five? My number five is God of War. Ooh, yeah, like. One of them in specific, or like the whole, just the franchise. The franchise in general. in general. I guess we're just kind of doing franchise in general. Um, yeah, you can so. have a specific game. I don't have like. I have a- All right, no, that's. I mean, in, in in terms of God of War, especially now with the new the PlayStation Four version out, I can't just pick one. Yeah, you like, can't. The first one was a game that like I played a ton of on the PS2. Actually, all of them are games that I played yeah. a ton of, but like three and four specifically, oh. just like massive huge amazing two games. two was my first i did not actually play one for a really long time i went right into two because i thought the graphics were just bomb when they came out and then i jumped into three and just like just ate that game up it was so good i remember just being blown away by how like badass kratos was <laughs> like he was yeah. Oh. And I, it's always funny because people like hate on Kratos for like being an asshole and stuff like that. I'm like, that's the whole yeah. point of the character. He's just supposed to be a thug that is going he's, to kill he's the god Ares. of war. He's not Ares, but he's like he kills Ares though very quickly in the first one. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's not pretty. And Have you never played the first one at all? No, I haven't finished it, so I need to go back and finish oh, it. There's a remaster set. You I know I have it. PS3, I think. So you should. Play I it. have it. Yeah. I mean, now by now, like mechanically, it's going to feel like a hundred million years old compared to like three That's and fine. especially four. And I haven't played four yet, but no, I three was one of my favorite games of all time mm-hmm. for sure. Like top ten, if not like top fifteen, if not top ten. Yeah. But because I, I actually really, even though Kratos was like such a dick, what I liked, what I like about him in four, from what I've seen so far, is that they've made him more human instead of just being a dick. But yeah. there was a charm to him being a huge dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what yeah. other hero or game do you get to play where the guy is just unabashedly an asshole? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you get to play into it too. I mean, there's like you know it's not even like that you have that choice to become that character like you do in Infamous. You're just like Kratos is just a fucking piece of shit who's yeah. just like on the warpath and it's like yeah, maybe the character doesn't have a ton of depth, but like the games have a ton of depth and they're a lot of mm-hmm. fucking fun to play and if the plot that is necessary to get that plot going is Kratos being a giant fuckbag who has to yeah. kill everything? So goddamn well be it. And can we talk about he just like he decimates people. He doesn't just kill people. He like tears them to shreds and it's awesome. Like you it the violence in God of War is so intense that like you have to be into it. You just have to let oh, yeah. yourself get into it because if you don't, you will just like not have a good time. You will yeah constantly be like oh my god that's terrible you have to like be like oh yes yeah there's there's nothing quite like that first time you like really get a hold of somebody and do one of those kill moves like yeah. one of those finisher moves and he just like pulls a head off or like cleaves somebody in half from the neck down and just rips them in fucking twain and i'd l- and- sitting here i literally just watched mark ride a troll to defeat this man like this fire god and then when he was done with the troll you know what he did he took his axe, fish tailed or fish lined him or hooked him down fish to the shot. ground, and then tore like cut into his mouth and jokered him until his head came off. Like, yep, that sounds like my Kratos. That's my boy. Yeah. Just cutting motherfuckers up. Yeah, Just cutting them up. Cutting them up. Cut, cut up a motherfucker. But um, yeah. he's like, again, I like the growth that I've seen so far in four. But part of the fun was the campy, like redonkulous violence of god of war because like where else did you have that unabashedly 
so you know what i mean like oh oh just like that level of brutality yeah, yeah you don't you don't find that anywhere like it's like a mortal Kombat almost it's like that kind yeah. of level of ridiculous like goriness kind of thing which is right up my alley i i really i've always like since the first one came out i remember it came out and just got like glowing reviews across the board yeah and i was like all right i'll like and this is back in the ps2 days so like games were 40 50 bucks so i was like fuck it i'm picking this up because i want to kill stuff because awesome and i was hooked from like the, from the word go like you're running around on ships or something like that and, like, yep you get attacked by a hydra or something like or whatever and it's isn't it from there i was just like wow i just gutted that thing from like neck to nuts and it is bleeding everywhere and it's yeah. amazing. I so. thought it was a giant squid, but it might be the Hydra. You definitely fight a Hydra. It was the Hydra in the first Yeah. One. Yeah. I also, I don't know about you, but for me, a big part of the appeal was that it was mythological gods, which is something I've always been particularly like half-heartedly obsessed with. I say half-heartedly obsessed because like whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, I got to read everything. I got to like take this all in. But I like doing the research I actually took a couple of classics courses when I was in university just for fun. So did I. Because, yeah, they're just a blast. It was like, I was, I part of me wanted to make it my major, but I was like, I'll never do anything with this. I had a buddy like, who is now an archaeologist who actually took classics as his major. So he's, yeah. he wanted to be Indiana Jones really bad. So I think that's kind of what he's doing now. Maybe not quite yeah. to that level, obviously, but. I wanted to be um, an archaeologist for a long time, but I know a couple of friends who tried to make it work and it's just, it is a thankless job. I don't know if that Mark actually ever, like, what happened to him. Last last I heard from him, he was in Greece doing a dig, and that was, like, 10 years ago, and I'd never heard from him <laughs> again. So. Well, unless you find something incredible. Yeah. Like, you know, your work is... He was an academic. He liked the work. He liked the, the, the research, too, like, the library research of it. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the, the mythological side of it is not, like, as big a thing for me. It is fun to, like, it's just kind of cool to see these characters that you recognize get slaughtered indiscriminately by this complete asshole that you're controlling and you get to do most of the damage yourself like that's the best part of these games is like for the most part they give you control while this horrific shit is like while your character is doing horrific shit you are the one pressing the button to make the horrific shit happen and it's just that much more fun for it so yeah god of war was my number two like that was my my number two pick like i figured this would happen because that's what happens with like when you're talking about exclusive stuff, there's only you don't really realize how few yeah. exclusive there are. Yeah, and we're we're doing this a little early too because like in two months this this list would be different because mm-hmm. the top of it would be Spider-Man probably because that game looks fucking ridiculous and it is a Sony exclusive. Yeah, well, we'll we'll redo it at some point. Well, I'm sure at some point I'll I'll at least review it on the, on the podcast or at least tell people what I think about it because God knows I will be playing that the day it launches. So. <laughs> but yeah. Let's uh let's go to your number four. What's your number four? My number four is Horizon Zero Dawn. That's so funny. That's my number four too. Is it? Yeah, and it's a game that I have not completely beaten yet, but it is a game that is so fucking well put together that it I until God of War came out, that was my game of the generation. Oh, like it is so it's stunning. First of all, it's beautiful, and it's like the story's great. It plays like Butter. the only game. The only reason that I think it like I think it took I got I docked at gameplay points was because I just played Breath of the Wild when I started Horizon Zero Dawn. And Breath of the Wild is just like one of those like once in a lifetime kind mm. of experiences to play through, like gameplay yeah. wise, especially. So Horizon took like a little bit of a shot. It's still a miraculously spectacularly good game. Yeah. 
that if you have not played, you really owe it to yourself to go spend those 40 hours in on that. Whatever is she on the moon? I spent way more than 40 hours. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was at 40 hours when I kind of fell out of it. So I'm going to, I was actually going to restart it completely just because why not? Cause I got the expansion. It might be worth it. Well, I have the expansion. Yeah. I have the expansion I have that I need to play so too. I got to get in there. Yeah. I have the same thing for Zelda though. So I haven't gone back and played that DLC either. Yeah. But no, Horizon, like Aloy's character is fantastic and well acted. All the acting's really good in it. The script's nice, well written. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's it's like PlayStation's answer to a Zelda game, and it just fucking blew it out of the water. Yeah, you know, like just blew it out of the water. Which I mean it didn't because Breath of the Wild was spectacular, but like, yeah, as a, as an exclusive, if you're like stuck only on Sony and you don't have a chance to play those Zelda games, like I would I would be able to cry myself to sleep having Horizon Zero Dawn there taking its place because it is like second to none that game yeah well second to a couple on this list but i mean well i was also going to say horizon for a lot of those reasons but again i had a little bit of a love-hate relationship with horizon zero dawn at the beginning because i didn't i made the mistake of not following the story close enough at first Mm -hmm. so i veered off and did just a shit ton of side quests which made the story portion actually become quite short when i ran through it and, yeah, because you'd be way too powerful. Yeah, and also I had just like because I'd done almost every other side quest, there wasn't a ton to do in the middle, and it would have made the experience richer had I learned that a bit earlier. But I still I found the twists interesting. The gameplay was rad. The fact that like you could the different things you could do with the machines and like the scavenging, but also like the sort of yeah. open worldness of it, while still like leading you i love that it's the same thing with witcher 3 where you're guided in this giant world but you never feel lost like you do find yourselves in yourself in situations where you should not have gone there but that's your punishment sometimes for like being too cocky that that's a lesson that god of war 4 has taken Mm. from horizon zero dawn uh in spades actually like that's one of the best parts of god of war is that like it takes that lesson that horizon learned in terms of like being being a very awesome guided quasi open world kind of thing and just like all the shit that horizon zero dawn took for its little problems mm-hmm. in that vein god of war just like destroyed yeah. and just like got rid of and just made like made it perfect so, so i'm so excited to play it but yeah horizon <sighs> i'm excited to hear you like just listen to you talk about playing it because like i had a blast with <laughs> it and, like i gotta finish apparently it. people keep saying they wish they could go back and play god of war the first time again Oh my god! I yeah, I've heard that a number of times, and like I am in the middle of playing it for the first time, and I I don't disagree. Like, there's been stuff that has happened so far. I'm just like, this is fucking like the coolest shit I've seen in a video game in like yeah. a long time. Well, that's why I'm like you know a big I'm a big fan of the open world with limitation. See, I like those open world games. Like, I'm a GTA guy. Like, I love that kind of shit. Like, if I find a good open world, I will like lose myself in it. Red Dead's another example of a game like both times that i played through it it's like a two-week endeavor where i'm just like milling every little bit of everything out of the game so that i'm getting as much enjoyment mm-hmm. as out of it as i can because i love those well because you feel like you're bad. like you're doing shit well it's like it's the ultimate version of role-playing you know what i mean without the stats and all the nonsense it's just like you get to live in the world and like help this old lady cross the street or help this like couple move across the the plane or whatever and like not get attacked by bandits and shit like that or the bandits will attack them and you get to kill all the bandits and then you know take all their shit and run away and yep. get new horses and sell the horses it's the yeah i like that kind of stuff so yeah i just realized my next uh, my next pick is uh 
the same thing as you is like was originally exclusive but not but yeah no and horizon horizon was just really cool too because i loved the world that it built and that you recognized shit you were like what like mm-hmm. yeah the, the, the way they kind of slowly open up the story and like tell you where they are and how far past the apocalypse it is and all this that and the other thing like the way they built that world was just like compelling it was a very very well done game that i yeah very yeah. yeah compelling and like highly recommended like if you have a playstation 4 and you have not played horizon zero yeah. on you're wasting Get over to one-up games um it's <laughs> yeah it's yeah. A- <laughs> run to hamilton visit mark get a copy of it other my mark, friend okay. andrew bought a xbox one not from mark and i was like you fool and he was like oh right <laughs> you dummy. i gotta get a i want to i want to buy a one x because my i want to give my original one to john's kids and i was like i'm gonna upgrade i think and i was like oh i should just go talk to mark and see if he's got any sitting around when i decide to do it you should play it even just for aloy's hair yeah the way her hair moves it's true yeah Incredible. nice hair effects Okay, well then, um, I think I will jump into my next game, because we just both agreed on Horizon. So, my number three follows the rule that you were talking about, where it started off as an exclusive and now is not, is the Kingdom Hearts series. Okay, yeah. You're on your own on this one, just just so we're clear. I know. Uh, we should have got Paul on. But it was perfect. It was perfect timing for me. And I'm going to do that Let's Play. I am. I'm going to start this weekend, I think. Well, you got a pretty good response on Facebook when you asked about it. So I think you yeah. should really do it. Including I was, Paul also. I did see Paul. I, know. I was pumped. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Paul. Yeah. yeah, he loves those fucking games. Anything Square that is not Tomb Raider, I'm just like, I'm a little out. that The RPG stuff doesn't work for me, so. Which is fair. That's fine. And then the Disney stuff on top of that, just like it's doubly not oh. for me. So see, it was it came out at the perfect time for me to love it. Mm-hmm. Like I still would love it if they came. I wish. I wish. I wish they'd come out with a solid Harry Potter game. Like, an a oh god. Are the Lego ones not any good? F off. Um. I haven't played the Lego Harry Potter, but like I've played the Harry Potter games that they let out years ago, but they were so cheaply made and they were made as money sucks. They weren't good. Yeah. I only ask because like the Lego games have been like they're hit or miss, but like the Batman Lego games were really good as were the Indiana Jones. The Indiana Jones one was really good. I really enjoyed that one. So see the Lego games. Yeah, you're right. They can be really entertaining. They can be super fun. But no, with the Harry Potter series, what I would love is like that you're not actually connected to Harry as you you don't have to play Harry. I would love it if you were your own witch and wizard and you could go and like pick your own wand and be in your own house and fight something that wasn't Voldemorty. You sound like you want Bioware to make a Harry Potter. Game. Yes, I do. Or, you know, or like old Bioware, I guess. Old Bioware. Old Bioware would make a great Harry Potter game, but now they Or is it uh who made Horizon? They'd probably make it decent. Uh, they would. Or, you know, whoever made Bioshock, that might be a cool Harry Potter game. That's 2K games. Yeah, no, and that would be kind of, that would be cool too. Yeah. I would prefer they just kept making fucking Bioshock I games. Know, I know. I want more Bioshock. So, yeah, I definitely could use a third like a, a proper third Bioshock. Not, yeah. you know. Hey, uh, whoa. What do you mean? What? Infinite wasn't good enough for you? Oh, Infinite's great, but that's te- I count that as the second one. Bioshock 2 was not uh t- like the same studio oh. that made Bioshock 1. Or yeah, it, shots, I, for that matter. I never played. I only watched Let's Plays of those because they freaked me out. Oh, the first one. The first one's one of the best games of that generation. Yeah, it's so very good. scary. Yeah. So and the twists at the end. Woof. Yeah. Oh, man. Those games, are, those games are amazing. But anyway, back to Kingdom Hearts. 
Yeah, Kingdom Hearts, I don't know. I haven't, admittedly, part of the reason I want to do the Let's Play of as many as I can is because they, like, there's a lot that I missed. Like, I played Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2, and I started Chain of Memories for the Game Boy Advanced, but I couldn't, like, I couldn't finish it because I, I didn't have a Game Boy Advanced. I was, like, doing it through something else. And then Hearts Coded I didn't play. I started 358 and a half days and almost finished it. But then again, my DS died. And so I lost a bunch of the stuff and was just like, Ugh. I didn't even try Dream Drop Distance. Like, I just feel... Who names these fucking games? I don't know. They're terrible names. Yeah, the teams are fucking awful on those games. And like, there's so much lore now that I don't know. But at the same time, the full complete games that I consider like one and two are so magical and so beautiful and so wonderfully wrapped in nostalgia, like gift wrap that it's, it's a Disney fan meets final fantasy meets like actual like gamer gift. And it was so, it's just so magical is the best way I can describe it. It is a magical experience. And when you're playing it, you just feel like you're immersed in those worlds. And that's hard to do when you're like reaching a shit ton of different like genres and characters and literal worlds. Like it's a lot. So I'm excited to go back to them because it's been years and years and years. And I really hope it's not like going back to Final Fantasy X, which I can never do again, like because of the bad voice acting. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts game is usually a little bit better with the oh, voice yeah. acting. It's Haley Joel Osment, and is he still doing the voice of? Uh, I think of Sora. What's the guy's Sora? That's it. Yeah. I remember his name. I was like, I was going to say Cloud, but I'm like, that's Final Fantasy VII, right? So yeah, no, that's Final Fantasy VII. But no, um, the original cast, like they brought back a bunch of their Disney people, yeah. but they had things like they had like yeah, they had like Haley Joel Osment was one of them. The guy from Seventh Heaven was um. Which one? Like, not the dad, right? Because I'm pretty sure he's no, in jail now. No, one of the now. kids. Who's blonde. The only kid I know from that show is uh, Jessica Biel was one of the kids. Oh, right. Show. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Here, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to find, like, the English version online, but they have all the Japanese. Here we go. Oh, Hayden Panettiere was Kyrie. Okay. She does a lot of voice work. I keep seeing her name pop up as a voice actress all the time. I, I want to be her. Really? No, I just want to be a voice actor. Oh. Uh, David Gallagher was Riku, and he was the Seventh Heaven kid. He was the little blondie. Um, he was in okay. Look Who's Talking Now, and he plays Riku. Okay. Yeah. And then they had like uh, Sean Austin was Hercules, which was really fun. Sean Astin. Sean Astin, sorry. And like they brought back the original characters who played Aladdin and Jasmine, and like they had all the Disney cast do their big stuff. So I don't know. It was it was like it was really it was it was kids. You know, it was it was your childhood oh i know that's uh, there are games that paul played the shit out of that i was kind of like adjacent for like i was around when he was playing them and stuff because he was playing them on my playstation mm-hmm. most of the time obviously so yeah he would be in my room playing these games and i'd just be like god damn it i hate i hate this disney shit so Get much out of here. yeah i just like I, I can't there's, there's just games that, like they were they were like two franchises that i don't care about at all combined to something that i ultra don't care about almost <laughs> like it's like it's Disney so and Final Fantasy combined. I was like, wow, those are two things I could care less about. Like, you couldn't pay me to care less about those two things. And then you put them together. And it's like, well, you didn't have to pay me. I care less about this than I did before. So. 
Oh, Mandy Moore was in it. She played Aerith. <laughs> Who else do we have? Yeah, Sean Astin. Jody Benson came back to play Ariel and sort of Robbie Benson to play Beast. Nice. So, like, those original cast. Jim Cummings, who's, like, in all Disney things. He was Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Mm-hmm. And just, like, a bunch of the Disney people. So, I get, for you, it's probably not the nostalgia train that all of us are like, yeah! yeah. I don't know why I never, I was never at Disney. Like, even growing up, I was not into the Disney stuff so much. I think so, it's just, whatever. you know, it's it's camp, right? It's so hard camp. Yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't into it, I guess. I was like, I've, I've seen them all, but like, I, I haven't watched them in forever. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Excuse me. Sorry. So, yeah, that's my number three. Uh, excuse me. Mark, what's your number three? Well, see, I'm up for debate now because if I, if I, there's a couple of them that I'm pretty sure if I say this far down, you will get really irate with me. Uh oh. Because you already said God of War, yeah. obviously. And God of War was up there. So, let's, um, I'm assuming you're going to say, so I'll, I'll, I'll pull an audible instead and I'll say Resident Evil would be the one. Resident Evil is number three. Yeah, so the first three Resident Evil games were PlayStation exclusives, and I played the shit out of them. That was like when I first discovered that I actually enjoy horror games, even if I'm not that big horror nut. Resident Evil in particular and uh, Silent Hill games also were just like a... You couldn't get that kind of game experience Mm. before. Like You weren't getting that kind of stuff on Genesis or Super Nintendo before, so it was something that like was exclusively and new to that like 32-bit era of systems. So like PlayStation 1 and kind of the Saturn. I'm sure some of these games may have been released on Saturn, but who gives a fuck because four people have one of those things and they probably barely worked when they did have them. So who cares? (laughs) But yeah, no, like the, so the first, especially the first two Resident Evils were games that like we rented the shit out of. Paul and I played through them. Like we, we downloaded the walkthroughs and like, struggled our way through got the rocket launcher killed the fucking weird snake monster at the end of the first resident evil like all that stuff you have to do and just like love the shit out of it like i replayed them as they get re-released like they get remastered and re-released seemingly every generation like the gamecube got re-releases um the ps4 just got an awesome re-release of resident evil 1 last year and they just announced the resident evil 2 remake that's going to come out i think either this holiday season or sometime in 2019 but yeah, the Resident Evil games are like, I don't know, I have a ton to say about them because they play like shit now. Like they're not games that I would be like, yeah, go back and replay those things because they have the tank controls and they weren't designed for analog and like they're really slow and kind of plotting. But, like, yeah, man, like you, you couldn't get atmosphere like that. It was the first time on a console getting horror games that were that atmospheric. And like they've obviously done better ones since then. And like the Resident Evil franchise has become just another action franchise since the was it four, I think, on GameCube. But those first three games where they were like strict survival horror, I have very fond memories of. So it's so funny because I have horrifying memories of them. Well, that's the point, right? They're they're scary as shit. Like they're the kind of game you put on. Like people will be like, they were the kind of games that people would be like, "Can you play this while I like?" It was totally the kind of game that you would be like, "I can't play this. Can you play it while I sit here and watch you play it?" Like yep, I've had yep. that happen a couple 100%. times. People were like, I really want to see like how Resident Evil is. Can you play it for a couple hours while I sit here and watch you play it? Oh, that's I can't so like funny. people get too tense to play it. I never that doesn't really phase me like that. So I was like, I'm I'm in. I'll I'll sit down and play them again, or at least the like blaze through the first disc because like once you know the pattern, it's pretty easy to kind of like know exactly where to go and what to grab and like cut through it pretty quick. But yeah, no, that's uh, like- I I had a <laughs> lot of fun with those first couple Resident Evil games. Like they were constant rentals and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. That was my hell, though, with the Resident Evil games, because there was one. It's not Resident Evil, but it scared the freaking bejesus out of me. Silent Hill? 
No, it was. Um, Silent Hill was the other one. Was that was Resident really Evil. Out. I don't think it was though. There was this old. Yeah, there was this this trailer for it on this game disc I had of demos of games that came with the PlayStation. This woman was singing opera, and fire started raining down around her because she had like a virus or something, and like all of the people started like they were trapped and they were trying to get out, and she was like turning inside out and dogs turned inside out that were in cages and like that sounds resident evil-esque with the dogs and stuff right? like that it so, sounds yeah. resident evil-y but i don't think it was resident evil could have been for one of the later ones like it could have been for like four or five or something like that so it was like not splinter cell playstation i'm gonna look it up and say it like halfway through the, the thing what prototype might have been that it was more action like open world but like they do have some weird like symbiote kind of virus thing that happens to people and stuff like that yeah those are fun games too. Like for a weekend, they just plays through and kill everything. Yeah, I like those two parts. Yeah, no, it was. I just remember like and playing Resident Evil. I would watch this really shit boyfriend I had at the time play, and he would constantly be like playing it for hours. And I'd be like, "Hey, do you want to make out?" And he'd be like, "No, I'm playing Resident Evil." <laughs> I was like, "You're the worst." But yeah, fair enough. But no, Resident Evil is one of those like really. It twisted. It's a twisted game. They're fun. I like them. If you haven't played the originals, I would wait for the like the remakes. Like go grab them on PS4. They're way more playable and they look a lot better than they ever did on the original PlayStation because they look like shit on those the old PlayStation. But it's hard to replace the the memory that you have of those like original playthroughs mm-hmm. on the old PS1. So because I think I remember yeah. Resident Evil Seven just came out like in twenty seventeen. Yeah, last year. 2016? No, 2017. It was game of the year for everybody in 2017. Oh, it wasn't really game of the year. It came out too early because it came out like in January that year. And it kind of got missed by a lot of people. It was, I didn't like it. That was Mm -hmm. the one that I did not care for. I played all the Resident Evil, like the big, like the main numbered Resident Evils. And seven was the first one. Well, six to a certain Mm -hmm. extent was a little too like shootery. They've gone, they've gone way actiony since Resident Evil four. So four, five and six were very like actiony. Seven was more of a return to form, but I found it was just like really unbalanced and kind of unfair. So I didn't yeah. really enjoy my time with it, even mm-hmm. though I've bought it twice now. So, well, no, just once, but I did buy it. I, I, I have it on PlayStation. Like I got it on sale for 20 bucks. So I was like, I will sit down and beat it one day because it is a Resident Evil yeah. game and I beat them all at this point. So I'll get through it eventually. But yeah, it was it was a little bit more of a slog than I was looking forward to, especially after seeing the reviews that were just like, across the board glowing like people were telling like saying to go buy a vr headset for it like because the vr aspect of it was apparently so well put together and like terrifying Mm -hmm. to play and i was like i don't think i'm really game for like a vr resident evil experience yet like i don't think my brain could handle that but like i was definitely in for trying to play it in first person like the way it plays properly so yeah as a franchise that continues to this day to still be like something that i will play even though it is now like it's cross-platform it has been since Probably five, I think, was the first one that came yeah. out for everything. So, because four was a Nintendo exclusive until it got kind of dumped everywhere else a couple years later. And then since then, it's been like cross platform mm-hmm. like crazy. No, for sure. All right. Well, I think I'll uh, give my next one, which would be number two. And number two for me, this was a hard pick because it's so good and I wanted to make it my number one. But like mm-hmm. my number one, I'll explain why it is ahead of it. But when we get there, but it's Last of Us. See, and this was going to be my number two. Uh, well, it depends on how much of that our little preamble before my talk <laughs> we cut out. But yeah, Last of Us is one of those games. Like, 
it took me forever to get into it. And when I did, oh, it's shit. it's one of those games that makes you wait for it, and it weeds out the people who don't have the patience, and the people who can't yeah, wait yeah. don't benefit from the reward of playing the masterpiece that is that game. It is a freaking yeah. masterpiece. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I can't disagree with it. It took me, like I said, it took me a while to play. I didn't play it on PlayStation Three. I wait until four. I ended up not. I ended up not playing it because I, I, Paul handed me the disc. Like Paul gave me the Last of Us disc for PlayStation Three, and I played the opening sequence mm-hmm. of it. And when it switched to the main story, I just, I don't know if I lost interest or I just never went back to the game or something like that. And it just kind of sat there until I bought my PS4, and the PS4 came with the remastered edition. Yes, it did. And I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna play this goddamn game, and I did it in a day. Like it was so good, I just sat there and like, holy crap! Practically like wasted away for like twenty four hours and just played right through it the first time. I've never played it again. I might never ever play the first one again. I was so blown away the first time I sat through it that I'm like, I don't know if there's ever any need for me to play this game again. So I know it's one of those things where you're like it has replay value simply because it's magnificent and you mm-hmm. want to experience it again. But it's the fear too that what if it's not. What if it's not as good? Like, not that it wouldn't be as good, but what if you don't enjoy it in the same capacity because you've already done it? Yeah, what if it doesn't hold up or something like that? Yeah. You're noticing more flaws than you were before. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's one of those things that, like, some games I'll go back and replay. Like, I've replayed some of my old favorites a lot. But, like, that's one where I'm like, I don't know, man. I had such a, like, it was such, like, a, a complete experience story gameplay, like, the whole bit that I'm like, I think I just want to let it sit. I will wait for the sequel. Yep. Until I get more Last of Us, so. Yep. We'll see if I change my mind. Like when they finally announce the date that, that comes out, if I if I do put, replay the first one again, it's entirely possible that I do. But as I sit right now, I'm like, I don't think I need to. Like, I don't think I have any particular reason to go back down that road. Um, I just want to know what happens next. Now, so. I know. Like, ugh. part of me wants to replay it. I might do a let's play of it if I really like doing the Kingdom Hearts thing before two r- comes out, just to remind myself of the world and of the f- format and of the story and the the heartache and the pain yeah because really you have to be a, a sadist to make yourself play that game again watching the brothers yeah the brothers and what happens to them in the old building yeah Ugh. yeah there's a lot of horrific shit that happens in that game which Ugh. i don't know that's why I, I was so surprised when all that all those people were like freaking out about how violent the the, the first I know. trailer were. and then the they even got shit for the 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 gameplay like the walkthrough bit that they showed at e3 because at least cutting into guys like crazy and then people were like why is this so violent i'm like did you not play the fucking first one because the first one is like horrifically violent also so you know what i think it is i think because it's ellie it's possible it's not an old grizzled man you know not that joel was particularly old but he was uh, trained by time to be yes yeah. you know untrusting dark presence and um ellie warmed him and made him human again yeah but i think that that is why it's hard for people to reconcile the fact that this is what Ellie had to become. Yeah. This isn't about her becoming it because she wanted to. It's out of sheer necessity to survive. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And like I I don't it doesn't yeah, that that didn't phase me. I've seen Logan, so like I was totally fine with like a little girl just chopping into people. So that's not something that's going to phase me too much. Like I'm I don't know. That that that's like my most anticipated game after Spider-Man comes out. Like I, I'm looking forward to Red Dead and Ghost of Tsushima and Death Stranding and all that other stuff. But like 
Last of Us 2 is just like it's up there. Yeah, it's fucking crazy how much I'm looking forward to that game. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be outstanding. And if it's oh, not, I, they yeah, will I, have. So, <laughs> it might destroy the PlayStation. Like I don't know. I don't know if I mean they still have like Horizon sequels and Spider-Man sequels and you know that this God of War sequels now to do. So yeah. I don't think I think the I think PlayStation will be just fine if Last of Us Two doesn't land exactly the way they want it to. Now, do I think do I think Last of Us Two is gonna land? Not the way that we wanted to. No, Naughty Dog does not fuck around when it comes to making these games. Like, you know what though? It's true. Naughty Dog is particularly fascinatingly brilliant. Like I, I say well, that they're, probably, they're, they're probably the best. Like they're probably the oh. best dev running right now. Like there's maybe a couple that are coming close to them, but like there's not a lot of devs that are as good at what they do as Naughty Dog is. So yeah, no, I think that you're right. I think that Naughty Dog overtook bioware because bioware for a long time was a standout like but then they just got i feel like they got lazy as soon as they were bought by they were bought out ea like ea is not known for their spectacular business practices games anymore and business practices did you see the uh comment michael taylor left on our facebook page this week oh yes i meant to respond to that that i need to play kotor yeah um yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. So maybe I will. You can get it on Steam, I think. I think I have yeah. it on Steam, actually. Yeah, you can definitely. Sweet. I also probably, it's somewhere at Mark's store. Probably. It is it is an Xbox game, so you can probably just play it on an Xbox One now if you have the game disc. So mm-hmm. those two, those, like, I played through the first one, like, and that's yeah. Me, so I enjoyed it. And I didn't really care for Star Wars or Bioware games, but I was like, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. I had a good time with that. Yeah. Game, so. I need to respond to Mike about that and yeah. be like, you're right, I'll play it. Got yeah, Last of Us is two. I just worry about the fan, the fan base because they it was such an exceedingly it exceeded everyone's expectations by you know just a huge amount, and yeah. so I worry about the expectations that people have going into a second game and what they what they think they deserve versus what they get. Yeah, that's always the problem, though. Like, I mean, the the one the problem, the thing that Last of Us Two has to like face now is the fact that it's not going to be a surprise the way the first one was. Like the first one, no. we were nobody was expecting that game to be yeah. that good, like to be game of like the entire console life. Like that was the best game of that generation. Still, yeah, it's still one of the best games of that generation, like of of any generation. For the PS3, it's absolutely like it's the best game the PS3 has. Period. Yes. Like full stop. And it may arguably still be the best game available for the PlayStation platform. Now I would argue that like, I think at this point, God of war and horizon zero dawn have kind of moved past it. Gameplay wise overall. Whoa. Narratively speaking, I haven't uh, tried them yet. I mean, I've, I haven't tried God of war yeah, yet. So God of war, yet. God of war is easily the best game that PlayStation four has to offer. I've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it is, it's something else. So yeah. It, like if I, had spent more time ordering this list and tortured myself over it. Like I do like the album list. It pro- God of War probably should be higher on my list. Cause that, that fourth game is just probably because I haven't beat it yet. I don't you have haven't beat it yet experience, but just from like what I've played so far it is. Yeah. It's a 10. Like it is a 10. You don't have to beat a game completely to appreciate it. But I feel like in this circumstance, the only reason it's not higher for you is you're being honest with yourself that, you know, you haven't experienced it fully yet. Yeah. Yeah, and I will yeah. definitely get to it. Like now, I'm now I'm home by myself for the summer, and it's too hot to go outside. So <laughs> some gamers. Where's your sister? Happen. 
it's summertime, man. It's uh, she goes she goes back to Niagara. Her boyfriend's down there. She has right. a pool, access to a pool down there. All her friends are down there. All our family's down there. So she disappears for the summer. It's me and the cats till Jan- September now. <laughs> House to myself, baby. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, then, Mark, why don't you take us through just we're just going to breeze through these because we've already been talking for an hour and a half. Just breeze me through your honorable mentions and like quick thing about why you love them. Like, um, I have a lot. So the Tony Hawk games early on were games yep. that were PlayStation exclusive that I love the shit out of uh, up till I think three or four started becoming cross platform. But the first two were Sony exclusives and I played the shit out of them on that on that console. And I've never even like I can't stand on a skateboard without falling over. But I love the Tony Hawk games. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the Prince of Persia games, especially the first Prince of Persia for PlayStation 2, is a game that I've gone back to a number of times. Like it gets re-released every once in a while, and it's like I will always pick it up and play it because it's just like a fun jaunt for the two or three hours that it lasts. Because it's not a particularly long or hard game. It's just it's fun. It plays really well. Even now, it still plays pretty well. The Uncharted games are on my list, mm-hmm. like on the long kind of list. I had some problems with Uncharted 4. I never got play lost legacy yet because i'd never beat uncharted 4 but the first well especially two and three are amazing showpieces for your playstation 3 hardware and stuff like that and tons of fun to play i talked earlier about uh resistance 3 and the killzone series which are both first person shooter series killzone in particular has a very different feel than your average like quick arcadey uh first person shooter it's got a very heavy kind of strategic kind of feel to it so i like that one a lot other than that i mean yes last of us was on my list as well like very high on my list uh shadow of the colossus is a game that i've played a number of times and i'm looking forward to getting into i have the remake downloaded for ps4 that it has got really good reviews so i'm looking forward to kind of spending an afternoon with that probably and cutting through a couple colossi yep is it colossi or colossuses colossi colossuses yeah, I don't know. A Colossus. So yeah, those are those are the big PlayStation franchises that like I've spent a lot of time with over the years. I had like an like a little shout out to Until Dawn, which I played last year. It was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to getting into mm-hmm. their next game was Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Like that was was that their next one? I don't know if that was the same company or not. But like uh, like Detroit's a game that I'm looking forward to uh, getting into at some point this summer too. So mm-hmm. I will play that. That just leaves my my number one. So what about you? What are your honorable mentions? Well, it's funny. A lot of mine are very similar to what you just said because again how many exclusives are there that were like you know it's kind of notoriety but my honorable mentions are crash bandicoot because i grew up with those i know i know you though like oh mario crash bandicoot spyro mario guy you're a mario Mario guy guy. but i grew up with crash crash was like a jam i even like the ratchet games better than i like crash Ratchet and Clank? Yeah. There's that one that came out for... Actually, I haven't played... There's a PS4 version one that came out. It's like a remake of the first one. It came out for like 40 bucks. You can probably get it on sale right now because they're having a midsummer sale for 10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is one of the best platformers I've ever played. Like it's so polished and like so yeah. well put together and it's not super long. Doesn't overstay its welcome or anything. It's just fun from beginning to end. So... Yeah. I've heard that about Ratchet and yeah. Clank. Same thing with Jack and Daxter. I loved Jack and Daxter. I only played the first and second games respectively. Yeah. But... They're super fun playthroughs, like really good time. But Crash Bandicoot holds a, a special place like in my heart. I had so much fun with two and warped. They're just I could I play those all the time. They're just fun. Pick up. Don't think about it. Games. Yeah, that's Mario to me. So like if I, if I yeah. turn my brain off like Super Mario World, Super yeah. Mario 3 goes on. And I just kind of bounce through a couple levels and I'm done. So exactly. I get it. It's perfect. I get it. I just think you yeah. should have better taste in the kind of games you have to pick up and play like that. <laughs> 
How dare you? We're talking PlayStation exclusive, so fuck off. Uh, <laughs> Spyro is better than that, then. I enjoyed Spyro, but I never got into it in the same way. I uh, I played Riptor's Rage, and that was it. I'm looking forward. They're, they're doing a new one. And I I'm know. To, and Elijah, it's like a forty dollars game. I'll totally play it. So Elijah Wood was the voice of Spyro. Oh, that's right. I yeah. always forget he he does things. Yeah, he does things. I always kind of forget Elijah Wood exists a lot of the time. It's because he's become a really good character actor. He's very character. The last thing I remember seeing him in was the Sin City movies. Like, like yeah, Kevin, like, like that, the psycho in the, I'm not sure if he was in the second one, but he was definitely in the, he was in the, in the first, first one for sure. Yeah. yeah it was terrible. He was in Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that. Either. Paris, I love you when he was Paris Je T'aime, when he was a vampire victim. I understand. He's been in a bunch of, oh, um, Holistic Detective. What's it called? Oh, uh, oh, uh, Dirk, Dirk Gently. Whatever. Dirk Gently. I don't like, what's his name? The guy who writes that's a fucking mm. ass hat. Yeah. Uh, Max well, Landis. I, I st- Max Landis. It's an enjoyable show. I've heard it's good. I just, I, I don't, I don't, I, Max Landis is a piece of shit. Yeah. And I do not want to support him doing anything. So. I'm sorry. Um, but I've hit a nerve. But yeah, back to my games. I, I would say Heavy Rain used to be on there until I played Detroit Become Human. It was nice. really hard for me not to put Detroit in my top five. Like okay. real hard because it's actually probably one of my new favorite games yeah but i still need to let it sit yeah because there were some problems with it but still like what an outstanding piece of gameplay so so good so fun so rewarding so stressful like i so good i can't talk highly enough about detroit become human like when you play it i would love to do a review with you to think about how you played it versus how i played it so please do that. Yeah, well, I'll, it's it's on my queue. I'm just waiting for a price drop. I don't want to pay full price for it. Is kind of the thing. I know. So once it, it goes on sale expensive. at some point, I will. Yeah, th- that kind of game. Like I like those kinds of games. Like like maybe more those ones, like the Until Dawn or Heavy Rain kind of style, more than like the Telltale games. I find a little like they're kind of cheap feeling. But Detroit is a game that I definitely like. I it's on my short list of things to play this summer or like in, before the new year kind of thing. I'd like to get it out of the way before summer because I know fall is just going to be Spider-Man's, uh, Spider-Man Tomb Raider Red Dead and then I'm fucked till the end of the year. Witcher 3, you should play Witcher 3. I know, and that's the thing. I want to play Witcher 3 too, but it's just like a lot of games coming out this year. So I know, but you just got to pick it up, man. You just got to do it and you'll just breeze through. Don't do all the side shit. All right. But you'll love Geralt. You'll love. I got. I got. I got to beat God of War too. That's the other thing. So yeah. I got. I got. I got. I got a pretty good like yeah, stack. Of sh- I got shame. I got a good, pretty good shame pile to sift through this summer. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But I'm trying so hard not to watch this God of War scene that's uh, happening. It's like really hard, listeners. You can't see, but I've got like an arm up and my screen positioned so I can't see the TV behind. Yeah. Did you hear Mark uh, like about ten minutes ago just be like, "Holy shit!" Yes. Yeah. yeah. So where is he? I can't tell you because I don't want to know. Fair enough. Never mind. All right. Um, I don't want to know. I don't want to put names to it in case one, I spoil it for you, or two, I spoil it for myself. But yeah. So, but Detroit Become Human. The the reason that those games are so much more satisfying, I would say, than Telltale, because Telltale, you're playing a story, you're playing a long, animated story. Yeah. But the you don't get to be those characters very much. And I find that with Detroit Become Human and with Heavy Rain and with Until Dawn, the added element of actually having action yeah. like that has a deeper impact. Like I've talked about impact a million times this episode, but it's that feeling that you're doing something. And the quick time events in Detroit Become Human are hard, which is important because when quick time events are easy, it removes any challenge and you feel nothing. 
you're like, eh, I did it. There's no like reward. Yeah, that's one of the problems I have with those games. Like there's no there's no challenge to it either. You know what I mean? So it's like you don't get I don't feel like I don't get a lot out of it. It's just like narrative being it's like watching TV, but being forced to interact. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like you have to every once in a while hit a button to not make your TV go to sleep. That's pretty much what those games kind of feel like to me. And that's funny because to be honest, I mean, you know me, I love the Telltale games. Yeah. I love them. I think they are such good storytelling, which is, I mean, whoever knows me knows that's my thing. They're switching engines, eh? Did you hear that? They announced that uh, oh. the the the, la- the next Walking Dead, like the last chapter of The Walking Dead, will be the last game built on their old engine, and they're switching over to Unreal. Well, you know what? It's about time, because Fuck. also, I'm exhausted of those Last of Us games. They should have been done a while ago. What do you mean Last of Us? You mean The Walking Dead games? I mean Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, Walking Dead. They should have been done. Uh, they've made a mistake carrying them over this long. I still, I still have the second season of Batman to play, and I just like, I have no particular ambition to sit there and do it either. I have to get like get and be alone for like one day and just be like, I'm just gonna sit here and do this Batman story because I want to get the story. The story was cool in the first one. It was a different take on the Batman mythos and stuff. But man, sitting through that was just like, oh man, every once in a while, like I, I it's like I forget that I'm playing a game. I'm just watching this thing, and then it's like it makes it wants me to make a decision, and I'm like, oh, I don't even have the controller in my fucking hands anymore because I've been sitting here watching a cutscene for half an hour. I know. Anyway. Let's keep going and finish this episode up. Yeah. Okay, well then, let's reveal your number one pick. Uh, my number one pick is technically not an exclusive anymore, but for a long time it was. Uh, up until the fourth iteration of this game, which came out on the PS3, uh, Metal Gear Solid, specifically the first one. I knew that was going to be your top. Yeah, yeah, the Metal Gear Solid series is one of those, like, uh, when I bought my PlayStation, my original, like my PS1, wasn't a PS1 at the time, it was just a PlayStation then. We didn't have a two yet. The games that I bought with it, it was a little bit later in the life cycle, but the games that I bought with it were Metal Gear Solid and mm-hmm. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which at the time was technically a an exclusive, but was then quickly released for Saturn and is now available fucking everywhere. So I didn't count it, but Metal Gear Solid and Symphony of the Night were the two games that like completely sold me into the PlayStation ecosystem in that first generation. And it's Metal Gear is the one that kept me coming back to the PlayStation side of things because when they put out Metal Gear Solid 2, it was basically a launch title for it was in the launch window, I think, or in the first year of the PlayStation 2 coming out. Yeah. And it was like a total system seller. Like I remember to this day going to my buddy's house and playing through the demo, like the tanker demo of Metal Gear Solid 2 for like six hours. We replayed that thing five times in one night, like cleared it out 100 percent. Wow. Just saw, looked at every nook and cranny of this game. We were so excited for Metal Gear 2. Have you never played any of the Metal Gear games? No. Honestly, I've okay. never played them. Um, I never had the drive like people who love the Metal Gear games do. Mm-hmm. Well, they're like, they're, I, I'm a big fan of spy fiction. I'm a big fan of like kind of weird occulty, like paranormal stuff happening in the side on the side of like a oh, superhero yeah. kind of story with spy shit going on and like all this intrigue and espionage and there's giant mechs and cyborg ninjas and like people transferring their consciousness to via hands and stuff like that. It's fucking weird. The games are bizarre story-wise, but the gameplay is just like awesome stealth tactics. Like you just, you're sneaking around, you're grabbing guys, you're stuffing them in the lockers, making sure that nobody sees them. You're snapping necks, you're using suppressors, you're taking guys down as quietly as possible and just like getting through it until it gets nuts at the end. But 
all of them are amazing games in their own rights. And the like the first one is like the first one is like I, we've said iconic a couple times, and we that's a, a word we use probably too much on this podcast. But the first Metal Gear Solid, specifically the PlayStation one, is like an iconic. This is what PlayStation was for that generation kind of game. Yeah, especially if you were like me and not a Final Fantasy guy, because there was that PS one was like it was like three or four games that really like made the PlayStation one and Final Fantasy seven is like without a doubt, that's the biggest game that that console had. But if you weren't a Final Fantasy guy like me, you had games like Symphony of the Night and Metal Gear Solid and like to a certain degree, like Siphon Filter and Splinter Cell and that kind of stuff was coming out at the time that were out for that. And it was just like, well, that just sold me a $200 console that I wasn't going to buy before because mm-hmm. now it means I get to play Symphony of the Night and Metal Gear Solid, which like I replay probably annually to this day. The first game. Wow. I, I won't even I won't even replay remakes of it. I go back to the PS1 original like shitty graphics, like the whole bit. I just want to play that game like me with Dragoon. I do that. Yeah, I love Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, and then obviously, like I obviously, the, the the other advantage to having a PlayStation was that Paul could play all those stupid Final Fantasy games that came out for it. So after I was done with Metal Gear and Castlevania, my PlayStation disappeared so that Paul could play through all seventeen fucking Final Fantasies that were out <laughs> for that that first PlayStation. So yeah, but Metal Gear, I I don't I like if you haven't played a Metal Gear, it's almost impossible to explain them to you. Yeah. If you have played a Metal Gear, there's no reason for me to explain why they're so awesome. You just know. Yeah, I really you should you should definitely. Give that. I don't know if, if I could recommend the first one to anybody because it is like it's pretty dated now, but it's like I don't know if you would enjoy any of the other ones if you don't know the plot to Metal Gear Solid. Well, one. I feel so like I like, could watch an LP of it and very much. You should watch an LP it. of it and see what you think. Yeah, maybe you should do that because it's it's fun. Some of the voice acting is a little shape like shifty because it was 1997 on the yeah, PlayStation which, one, so like things were dodgy as fuck. It was all Japanese before it was anything else, right? Basically, yeah. But yeah, and like all, all the guy, like so Hideo Kojima is the guy who created Metal Gear. Anything he makes, I'll pretty much play. Like even those Zone of the Ender games that he kind of like co-produced mm-hmm. around that time, I have like I bought both of them. Like I love those games too. Everything that guy makes, I I will play. So like, Death Stranding is his next game. Yeah, so like the the the, the Norman Reedus game, Death Stranding, is a Kojima game. Like I'm more excited about it being a Kojima game than Norman Reedus or anybody else that's involved with it. Like I don't care about the actors or actresses. I'm just like. This is a new Kojima game that's not Metal Gear for the first time in like 20 years. What the fuck weird shit is this going to be? Because just from the trailer, it looks nuts. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where his twisted brain takes me on my next trip. <laughs> so. so that's my number one is like the Metal Gear Solid franchise as a whole. But the first one in particular is like, yeah, one of my favorite games ever. I get it. Like sometimes there's just those and it is it's part nostalgia, but it's also just part that it stands up like. It's yeah. just good. Like Legend of Dragoon, I still fucking love that game so much. And I've played it 18 or 19 times. Yeah, I've pl- I played Metal Gear 20 something times probably yep. now. And it I, I, I love every second of it every time I play it. And I can cut through it in like five hours now. Like it's it's like a two disc game that I can just destroy. But Yep. There you go. All right. Well, my number one, I'll give you one guess. Oh wait, you want me to guess? I actually don't know. Uncharted? Yes. Okay. Uncharted yeah. is absolutely unequivocally my favorite PlayStation exclusive game uh, series. And it was like, I remember I was saying it was like, it was a really hard choice simply because it is, there are so many phenomenal games out there, but 
for me, Uncharted has continually been like just across the board, always kick ass gameplay. Yeah. And yeah, oh yeah, I completely yeah. agree. And I just found that like I really enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the character development. I thought that Nate and Sully were always really like just great, just great characters. And Nate was just like I, I he's pretty much Captain Mouth to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I could see. I definitely. I remember there was a long time where a lot of people were like Nathan Fillion needs to play Nathan Drake oh in a live action movie. Fantastic. It's a little too old now, but he would have absolutely been amazing. He would have been amazing. I don't know. He was my pick to like replace Harrison Ford for a while too as Indiana Jones, just because he could have <sighs> crushed that too. Somehow he got looked over. Yeah, I don't know how that happened because it was not like you would think even the Marvel guys would have picked him up at some point to make him do something. Yeah, it's really upsetting because like he so good. So was funny. so good. And you know what? I think it's because of Firefly that he awesome. was like kind of passed over a few times. Well, he ended up on that show. What's that show he's on? Castle? Castle. That show ran for goddamn ever, so he ended up on yeah. that pretty quick. Because I think... But it never got the traction. No. No, Firefly got cancelled, and then he went to Buffy for a year, and then he got Castle, I think, like, right after. Yeah. So, speaking of a guy who deserves to, like, have that Firefly reunion happen and just, like, be a huge deal and to make him a bigger deal, because he's... Yeah, in a cast of talented people, he was, like... Stand he was definitely There was a reason why he was the lead. Like, he he was a... He's a quality actor. I like Yes. That. And he's he's just like apparently a real chill, wonderful dude. Really, it was nice when I met him at Fan Expo. So, I knew, I forgot you were yeah, uh, I'm so jealous. Well, we'll go. We'll, maybe next year we'll get we'll drag Tim's ass up here and we'll go to Fan Expo Sweet. instead of Dragon Con. Yeah, Dragon Con's gonna be super exciting. But like, oh yeah, I've never been to Fan Expo either, so I was pretty stoked. Oh well, well we should. Have, I mean, we can't do it this year, no. obviously, because. Again, but maybe next year we'll we'll do fan expo. Let's just pool our money together. We'll buy we'll buy Tim a ticket. When Tim's uh, well, when Tim moves up here, we'll probably be fan expoing at least once. Yes. We'll have to do that eventually. Absolutely. Maybe the podcast will be big enough. We'll have to get a booth or something. Ooh, can you imagine? That'd be wonderful. It'd be, it'd be amazing. But yeah, so though Uncharted for me though, it's that it's one of those series where it actually follows a story well throughout multiple games. And mm-hmm. I also, you know what, I had my qualms with four as well, but they sold me when they they did the extension that they didn't need, as much as I love him, they didn't need Nathan Drake yeah. to make a good Uncharted series. Yeah, so have you you played Lost Legacy then? Is it Lost I Legacy? I did. Yeah. It was really enjoyable. Good? I gotta go back to the Uncharted 4 and like beat it. Because I think what I, I got stuck on a difficulty spot, like I got stuck in a monster closet kind of area where there was oh. just too many guys and it was too hard. And I was like, yeah, and I, like, I, I'm, I'm over it. I'm too proud to like turn it down to easy kind of thing. So like mm. I had already cranked it down to normal and I was like, man, I'm still getting my teeth kicked down my throat. I think I should just like walk away for a minute. And then I walked away for like a bit for longer good. than a minute. So yeah. Yep. Well, it's hard too when like you love a game, but it's beating you into the ground and you're like you're making it hard to love you <sighs> exactly and that's the thing i went back to it like f- three days in a row to get through this one area and just got fucking crucified every time i was like you know what i'm done i'm done i'm walking away so i had someone say for my kingdom hearts playthrough they want me to do it on like impossible difficulty and i was like i still want to like this game yeah that's my thing like i don't i don't play games on hard i play them on normal and like i'm not above cranking it down to easy i don't like to generally but 
I've had moments where I've had like I crank God of War down to easy because it's it can be fucking punishing in spots. Oh my god, I've watched Mark playing it, and it's just like, who did this? Who designed this? What sadist put this together? Uh, somebody who likes well, Corey Balrog is the the actual designer, like the lead designer of the game, and he uh, he likes his games hard. He's old school, so. Mm-hmm. I figured Mark would like that game just because of the difficulty. He likes that kind of like actual challenge when he's playing something. Yes, he does very much. Cool. But yeah, no, Uncharted 2, like the characters are super enjoyable and engaging and you you feel like you, you know, you grow with them. And I mm-hmm. think that's been an important part of the series for me is that I always felt like it was like coming home a little yeah. bit with that with the play style. Yeah, so, agreed. Yeah. I don't know. They was they just they felt like uh, they felt like good Indiana Jones movies to me. You know what I mean? Like modern Indiana Jones kind of stuff. And I'm a Tomb Raider guy too, so like I was totally in. Like I like that style of gameplay, like that mm-hmm. you know, climb around and like solve puzzles and this, that, and the other thing. So like I, the fact that I had to, I had for a long time had two franchises running concurrently were that kind of game. I was like, I was in heaven. It was like, oh great, I get an Uncharted game, and next year I get a new Tomb Raider, and then I get an Uncharted game. And I get another Tomb Raider. It's like, now I get another Tomb Raider this year. It's It's been a lot of fun. So. Yeah. Well, I think that we should probably wrap this bad boy up. I, I completely agree. Yeah. I can't believe how long we talked, just the two of us. <laughs> well, I, neither, neither of us are uh, shy about our opinions, so. No. Do we, we do miss Tim. We're excited to have him rejoin us. But no, this was really fun. We would love to hear if you agree with us, if you have different opinions, what your ideas are, what your favorite exclusives are. And uh, I guess this would be the part of the show we leave with a recommendation. What would be your recommendation for people, whether it's to do with the episode or just in general, what you've really been enjoying? Oh, boy. Should we call this know. like geek cred? You could. I think actually this week, like it's it's Marvel week, right? Like it's there's a Marvel movie coming out. Just go out and see Ant-Man because, you know, we're going to review it. So you may as well be caught up. I think I recommend going to see, and the reviews have been great so far. So part of me feels like I would recommend like Christy go see it, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I want to review it probably yeah. because it is a Marvel movie. But we're gonna we're all gonna see it. Like you're not gonna go see Ant Man. No, I'm gonna go see Ant Man. We'll probably go this weekend. Obviously, yeah, I'm gonna go this weekend for sure. Oh uh, yeah, I w- I'll I'll recommend Ant Man for this week, and then I'll actually think about it for next time. So you'll have to tell Tim that we're doing this so that he knows mm-hmm. what to recommend. But yeah, so I think uh, for me. What would I recommend this week? Go get a, an NES while you can, an NES Classic. Go pick one of them up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run and grab out the, one of those this week for sure. From what I've played and what I've seen, it's worth the 100 bucks. The only thing I would recommend you get with it is an extension cord because that cord is I, tiny I, and short. Yeah, I have I have extensions for my SNES Classic, so they're the same cable because they all yeah. use that Wii connector, so... That's the life hack I found with the Super NES is if you use like a, a Wii U yeah. controller, like a classic controller, the home button works on it and takes you back out to the shell, which you cannot do on just the stock SNES controller. So I, I kind of switched over to using the Wii controller just so that I could exit out to the menu and go to a different game. So I'm hoping the NES yeah. does the same thing. No, I think uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Nice. But cool. yeah, so I think that's about it. If you uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, or you've been enjoying, or this is your first time enjoying what we uh, what we are sending you, we might have a couple first time listeners. Actually, we might have a couple new first time listeners. Well, 
Thank you for listening. We're very excited to have you. We would love to, we love engaging with our listeners online. We love actually talking to you guys and like building up a conversation. So it's way more fun if you engage with us on our social media stuff. You can find us on Facebook at Looking Up Dance Robot Dance Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. You can send us an email at Gmail. <laughs> That's sort of rhyme. I know it's meant to. But um, our email is uh, dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on all kinds of listening applications for podcast apps like Shout Engine. You can find us online. You can find us on Podcast Attic or Podbay. And you can find us on the iTunes store. So one of these days, you're going to have to tell me what these other podcast things you're using because it's really easy. It's Google Play or it's actually not even. It's Google Podcast now, Apple oh. Podcast, Stitcher. And out. That's pretty much all you have to say. I like saying all of the options. I want our listeners to have 14 different ways to find us so they have no excuses. A gajillion ways to find us. But yeah, so thank you for listening. This was awesome. Um, Mark, do you want to say goodbye? Have a good night, guys. All right. And this is Christy, your host who with the mostest, who wasn't that shoddy this week. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) Signing off till next time. There, that's my shoddiness seeping through. We'll see you later, guys. Have a good one and go play some video games.